Last uh, week I preached, build a room, watch God move. Tonight I'm going to preach how to build the room. And specifically I'm going to talk about in the house of God. How are we going to build this room that people are going to come to? This city on a hill, this, this place where people are going to encounter Jesus every Sunday and every time we come together. How are we going to build this room? And I have some principles that I've picked up out of Acts chapter 3. Can I read it from the screen, Daniel? Can we do that? Acts chapter 3. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. Uh, just write this down if you're taking notes. A time of prayer. Think about this idea. time of prayer. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one the beautiful, uh, the one called Beautiful Gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. I just want you to catch that, that principle. What, what verse are we in? I'm going to read from my Bible. It'll be faster. Verse 5. Look at us. Look at us. This is so important. And Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you. And it wasn't that they were poor. It was that he's going, homie, you don't need money. You need something much, uh, much bigger, much more important than money. So I'm going to give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took him, took the layman by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. We want people to be healed and strengthened in our church. Think about this. Man, this is powerful. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. You know, someone uh, recently put on Facebook, they go, I've never seen a place where Jesus, you know, was dancing around and going crazy and celebrating like you happy, clappy churches do. And, uh, and I said, yeah, Jesus never did, but everyone that he ministered to did. <laughs> and uh, we are going to be, you know, right now we're kind of acoustic and super chill. But we are going to be a walking, leaping, and praising God kind of church. I'm just, I'm just warning you. We're going to be a leaping and praising God church. And he went into the temple with them. Notice this. He went in with them. He went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. And when they realized he was the lame beggar, they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Notice this. He's, they, they held him and now he's holding them. And Peter saw his opportunity and address the crowd. Peter saw his opportunity and address the crowd. How to build a room. Father, in the name of Jesus, teach us tonight how to build a room. In the name of the Lord, we, everybody said amen. Here's the first way that we're going to build a room for our city. We're going to pray. Write that down if you're taking notes. And I encourage you to take notes. The Bible says if you take notes, you're automatically good with God, okay? So I just encourage you to do that. I don't know where that is in the Bible, but that's what Pastor Mitch told me. So anyway, um, <clears throat> pray. The Bible said they were going to the temple to pray. Friend, if we're going to be anything in this church, if we're going to do anything of spiritual significance in this city, we are going to have to be a house of prayer. 
a people of prayer. A people that know how to pray. Friend, I cannot pray in your place. You're going to have to cultivate your own prayer life. If there was ever a time that the church needed to pray, it's right now. And friend, I want to say this. If you will commit to pray, you will eventually want to pray. If you will commit to pray, you will eventually want to pray. And then eventually you will begin to love to pray. I would say this. I need to pray. Like it's like my ox. I, I, could, I couldn't imagine a day that could go by that I don't pray and that I don't pray in the Holy Spirit. I, I just, I got to have it. It's like, it's like Krispy Kreme donuts. I can't go without it. The, the Bible said, Matthew 21, 13, my house shall be called, what? A house of prayer. Friend, if we are not a praying church, we are not a church. A church that does not pray is not a church. And a people that do not pray are not the people of God. Prayer is what distinguishes us. Prayer is what sets us apart. Prayer is what makes our songs powerful and our sermons powerful. What makes our service powerful. What makes everything about... Prayer is the releaser of the anointing in the earth. Prayer is the conduit in which heaven touches earth. Jesus said, if you want heaven to come to the earth, if you want my will to be done in the earth, this is how it's going to happen. It's going to happen through prayer. Friend, we must be a people of prayer. Prayer releases the oil to the engine of your Christian life. You know, without oil in your car's engine, eventually that thing's going to seize up. And without prayer in the life of the believer, eventually your, your Christian life is going to seize up. Maybe you're thinking, well, what do I pray about, preacher? You pray about everything. This is this is this will really help you pray about everything or you probably won't pray about anything. Just start praying about everything. Pray on your way to work, pray for your kids, pray for your dog, pray I'll pray for everything. Hair's falling out, lay hands on your head. I mean pray about everything. Just pray. Get in the get in the routine of I pray first. Prayer is my first response, not the last resort. You get a headache? Don't just straight for the Tylenol. I got no problem taking Tylenol, but pray. Y'all know what I'm saying? Like, just get in the habit of, you know, if, you're, if your kid's a little sick, don't go to, you know, WebMD, and that thing's going to tell you your kid's going to be dead in the next 30 minutes. Come on, somebody. Y'all know it's true. You're like, I got a little bump. WebMD. You're dying. You know, it's like, don't go there. Start in prayer. Start in the Spirit. Become a person where, where prayer is the first response. And let me just say this. Pray immediately. If someone says, hey, would you pray for me? Don't say, yeah, yeah, brother, I'll be praying for you. Pray for him. Awkward as heck. Just do it. Just be like, let's go right now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Just pray. I'm t just become a person that knows how to pray immediately. Let me say this. The word of God is going to release faith in your life. Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But prayer is going to release grace in your life. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 7. God says this. If you're facing a mountain, shout at it. Grace, grace. In other words, talk to it. In other words, pray. When you pray, grace, grace is released. 
So if you're only a word person, you're going to be cold and mean. And you're going to know a lot of scripture, but you're going to be legalistic. Now, if you're only a prayer person, you're just going to be a grace person. We just need to worship more. It's like, okay, easy. Put your shoes on. You know what I'm saying? It's like, relax. There's got to be a balance. So the word releases faith. You're like, some of you are like thinking about like, you're like, hey, that's my cousin, you know, but so the word releases faith. Prayer releases grace. We've got to have both of them. So let me just ask you, how's your grace level? If your grace level is low, it's probably that your prayer level is low. If you're irritable with your spouse, if everything frustrates you, if everything's a big deal, you need to pray. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> if I'm low on grace in any area of my life, it's because I'm low on prayer. Because prayer will release the anointing oil in that area. Now, let me say this, because this is going to be real, real important for you if I'm your pastor. This is, a, this is a big statement that I'm really helping myself right now, okay? It's impossible to stay offended with someone that you consistently pray for. I'm going to say it like 40 more times because I don't want y'all mad at me. <laughs> Cheers. It's impossible to stay. You know what that means? That means I'm going to offend you. I'm going to say something dumb. I'm going to forget to say hi. I'm going to forget it was your birth. I'm going to forget. I'm going to, I'm going to, because I'm a human. But listen, it's impossible to stay offended with someone you consistently pray for. That means that the people you should be praying for the most are the people that you're directly connected to. Your parents, your brothers, sisters, kids, pastor. I would encourage you to pray for me because I believe the more you pray for me, the more I'm going to be anointed to you. You'll be like, man, pastor, he's just such a great preacher. And it's like, it wasn't even that good of a sermon. You've just been praying for me so much. You were able to receive so much. But if you never pray for me, you're probably going to go about three months with me and then be like, I'm just not, I'm just not being fed. He's just, it's a lot of humor. Like if you're into that, but I'm like trying to get deeper. And y'all know it's true. But if you'll pray for me, Every Sunday you're going to be like, man, that dude is anointed. <laughs> He's directly connected to God. And it's not, it's, I'm not. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm saying? That's why, that's a lot of times, that's why parents think their kids are so spiritual. And so, you know, they're like, hi, my kid's a worship leader. They're powerful. It's because you pray for them all the time. So every time they sing, you're like, oh my God, they're the next Celine Dion. It's like, oh. And you know it's true. Like Goldie can do no wrong because I pray for like 10 times a day. So I'm like, this kid, she's special. She's got an anointing. She's one. You know what I'm saying? I'm like. (laughs) It's impossible to stay offended with someone you pray for consistently. So pray for me. I'm praying for you. Prayer is going to, it's going to smooth out a lot of rough edges. It's going to give grace to a lot of rough edges. You're going to have grace for me. I'm going to have grace for you. We're going to have grace for each other. And, and, and I've got, I have to come into this thing assuming that if you're serving, you're going to come and pray up. Okay, because on Sunday morning, 
men, I'm just talking to you men real quick because this is what's going to happen. Sunday mornings, we're going to show about 5, 6 a.m. Oh, man, not one even like. I got one cough. It was like, oh. And we're going to set up. Now, if the Lord gives us a building, amen. But if not, we're going to go to a school. And we're going to pull up with trailers. And we're going to set up. And we're all going to be tired. And we're all going to need coffee. But we better have grace. So that means you don't roll into church, you know, bumping whatever you bump. And then you're in a bad mood. You got to roll into church, prayed up. Got to get a little praise and worship going. You got to get a little, you got to get a little worship going. You got to get a little oil flowing. So that when we start setting up, we start doing our thing and we go, hey, where are those cables? You know, we're moving fast. There's got to be grace. Amen. Now, now notice this. They went to the temple at the time of prayer. This will, this will change your life, change my life. Pastor Jensen taught me this. They went to the temple at the time of prayer. That means, hear me, they had a place of prayer and they had a time of prayer. You need a place of prayer and a time of prayer. And I would submit to you, if you don't have a place and a time, you won't pray. You'll pray during emergencies. And you'll pray emergency prayers when you need them. But you won't have intimacy with God. Because to have intimacy with God, you need a place and a time. You need a place that God speaks to you. Now, God can speak to you anywhere. But you got a place. I have a place where I connect with God. I have a place where God speaks to me. I have a place where God, where I speak back to God. Get you a chair. Get you a seat. Get you a room. Get you a place. A time and a place that you say, Holy Spirit, I'm committed. And for some of you, that might be 4 a.m. For others of you, it might be 8 p.m. For I don't know when it is. But it's a time and a place. And it might be five minutes. And that five minutes will turn into a longer period. But give God a time and a place. And some of you, you know, you're, you're strong grace people. So you're going, oh, don't be legalistic. You know, I just pray without ceasing. But, it, but that's not deep intimacy. Does that make sense? Like I, I talk and text my wife all throughout the day. Never stops. But that's not intimacy. Amen. Intimacy is face to face. And you can be praying all day with God, talking with God, worship going. That's great. But you got to have a time and a place where you, you get still. Psalm 46, 10, be still and know that I'm God. I would say, God said, be still and know that I'm God. That means if you're moving, you're probably going to forget he's God. You got to have a stillness. Friend, when do you pray and where do you pray? You got to have that. You got to have a place. You got to have a time. You got to have a, you, like I know, we've got this rocker in Goldie's room. And I go sit in that rocker. And I know, that's my place. That's my time. God's going to speak to me. I have a place in my car where I, where I go and I park. And I have a time and I have a place. And, and hear me, this is a huge statement. Make it a discipline and God will make it a delight. You make prayer the discipline. God will make prayer the delight. So I make it a point. This time, this place, this is my, it's a discipline. It's like anything else that's good for you in life, it's going to take some grit up front. But if you will make it a discipline, God will make sure it becomes a delight. 
Daily prayer leads to breakthroughs. Daily prayer leads to divine appointments. Daily prayer leads to doors of opportunity. Daily prayer, and and this is all right in Acts chapter 3. Think about it. All that's happening in Acts chapter 3 started because of a time and place of prayer. That man received a breakthrough. That man had a divine appointment. Think about this. That, That man had a divine opportunity. This is all happening in the place of prayer. This one miracle was about to unleash supernatural breakthrough for the whole body of Christ. Daily prayer will put you in the right place at the right time. Daily prayer, business owners, releases God ideas. Jeremiah 33, verse 3. Call unto me and I'll start telling you stuff you don't even know about. That's a God idea. It's a business idea. That's the strategy. That's the, I've been hitting a wall here and I haven't been able to figure it out. But I started calling upon God. I got a time and place of prayer. God gave me a God idea and he, and he started showing me things thou knowest not. I felt that prophetically for somebody. I wrote it down, business owners, all caps. Hashtag, no, okay, no hashtag. But I'm telling you. What, what if God gives you? The idea to break into millions. What if God gives you the idea to break into six figures? What if God gives you the idea to break out of poverty? What if God gives you the idea? Think, just think about this, friend. Just dream with me for a second. Start talking about money. Y'all get quiet. I, I'm, I don't care. I don't care to you. Come on. Begin to pray. God will start showing you stuff. God will give you a book idea. God will give you a strategy. God will give you a plan. Oh, man. Call into God. And I will show you great and mighty things. Thou knowest not. Listen. For us to build the room that God's calling us to build in Las Vegas, we must be a people of prayer. And I'm asking you to pray. I'm asking you to be a man of prayer, a woman of prayer. And I'm asking you, let me just, I'll just go all out. I'd ask you to commit on Mondays to a time and place of prayer to pray for our church. And that might be five minutes and it might be five hours. It's all dependent upon your, your, your time and your schedule. But every Monday, I pray and fast for our church. I pray and fast for you. I'd ask you to join me for at least a moment every Monday where you would pray so that we can build a room that is what? That is a room of prayer. That is a house of prayer. Amen? Number two, in order for us to build this room, we must listen and look. We must listen and look. I'm going to get real practical now. The spiritual part's over, okay? I'm going to get real practical because this is huge and it's actually very spiritual. The Bible said he began to call out to Peter and John and you know what? They heard him. They heard him. That means they were listening. And then the Bible said that Peter looked at him and said, look at us. Okay, for us to be effective in reaching a city, and I'm talking to you like leaders now, okay? But I'm just going to talk to you like if I had a staff, if I had the money to hire a staff, okay? <laughs> I thought that'd be funnier. I don't, you know. It's Monday. Okay, let's keep moving. But if I had a staff and if, if I could look at a group of pastors that I was paying, if I had the money to do it, I would say, guys, are you listening to the people? Are you looking at the people? Or are you so busy and so into your thing I got to get, stop being frantic. Peter and John were not frantic. They had a time and place of prayer. They had somewhere to go, but they were, but they were sensitive enough to the Holy Spirit to go, that person, they're crying. I got it. 
that, that new parent that does not know where to check in their kid, they're lost. And so they're like this. And you don't go, yeah, but I got to go because, <laughs> no, no, no. It's, hey, how are you guys? How can we help? You're listening. You're looking. This is such a huge key. It's so easy to tune out. It's so easy for churches to turn inward and stop listening to the cry of the city. Now, why? Why is it easy? Because listening is messy. (laughs) Listening is never easy. It takes grit. It takes guts. It takes compassion. It takes patience. It takes more than a three-second interaction. And friend, we must hear the cry of our people. We must hear the cry of the city. We must. So no matter where you're serving, whether it's going to be children's, ushers, greeters, parking, worship, sound, tech. I mean, there's so many places that you can serve. But, but we must always serve with a listening ear. It is so easy to throw the headphones on and ignore. And I, I, uh, I fly a lot. And... I always sit down in the plane, I grab my headphones, and I put them in. And it's kind of the, thou shall not talk to me. You know, it's kind of the, and this weekend I, um, I preached four times. I was very, very tired uh, yesterday flying home. I was exhausted. And I sat down on the flight El Paso to Vegas. And right as I was putting on my headphones, the stewardess came and said, Mr. Chavis, we just want to thank you for all of the miles you fly with America because I'm a whatever, you know, thing. And so... Yeah, you better thank me. You know what I mean? It's like, dear Jesus, you know. And so she starts, you know, thanking me. Oh, yeah, my pleasure. You know, I'm trying to get them on. And then the lady next to me goes, so you travel a lot? I'm like, ah, you know. But I started listening. Right? So I put my headphones down and I engaged. I do. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's kind of what I do for a living. It's really weird. Well, what do you do? And I'm in sweats at this point because I changed after I preached. I went, I'm actually a preacher. What? You know, she just freaked out. We talked the whole flight. Former Catholic. Kind of got burnt out in that thing. Trying to figure out spirituality. I started telling her what church to go to in Phoenix. Because that's where she's from. I started telling her all about it. We started talking about faith. Started talking about the life of Jesus. Started encouraging her with her kids and her marriage. And, and, And the whole flight we talked. And I didn't want to. I was so dang tired. I was so tired. I was so tired. And she don't even live in Vegas. Like, there's nothing selfish. I'm not like citylightvegas.com, you know. I'm telling her what church to go to in Phoenix and how to get connected. How can we help you? What do you need? Let me, I want to help you with your son. Her son's a communications major and he kind of wants to get into communication, start talking for a living. And how did you get into that? And so we start talking through all this stuff and I start helping her through some of her offenses with, you know, the Catholic church and, and you got to move forward. And we just, and we're just talking, 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 talking. And I helped her, but, but listen, I don't say that to be spiritual, it, but you got to listen and you got to look. Because I could have went, I could have heard her and said, yeah, I, I travel a lot and not, never looked. But you got to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. You got to engage. And so I listened and I looked and I went, yeah, I'm a preacher. I love Jesus. I know it's crazy. And we started talking through it. And, and I understand that in our world, there's so much bad news. I get it. There's so much bad news. So it's so easy to just get a hard heart towards humanity. 
Throw in the headphones, figuratively speaking. Well, I'm just here for the word, pastor. No, it's got to be more than that. People who serve in a church just because they love the pastor are so mean to other people. That's a great place to clap. You don't have to. It's fine. I'm not offended. I just here for the word. I just need to worship. No. You signed up to you signed up to help. And the moment you put that lanyard on and the moment you pull on, you're the hands and feet of Jesus. And I'm not just here to preach. Now, I'm here primarily to teach and preach the word. I get it. I don't, that'll, that's my primary focus, and that's what I'm going to do. But I'm here to teach and preach the word to people. So this is all about ministry. This is engage. So number one, they listened. Number two, they looked. Let me just, or I'm kind of in a sub point now, but they looked and they listened. Let me just give you these statements. Look for ways to help. Look for ways to be a blessing. Someone tonight brought me some food. I'm not asking that you bring me food every week, Ruthie, but you should if you love God. But no, but so Ruthie brought me some food tonight. Now, I'm not saying that to him, don't bring me food, but I'm just saying she brought me some food tonight because it's just a little way to be a blessing. Now, now, let me just say that. Just look for a way to be a blessing. Look for ways to be a blessing. Look for ways to engage. Look for ways to listen. If someone texts you, text back. Right? Like, if you're, if you're going to volunteer, like, let's get super practical. If you're going to volunteer and the leader throws out a group text, hey, so excited for tomorrow. Can't wait. Praying for you guys. Like, respond on some level. Even if you just like the thing, you know, just... Hold it and little hearts come up and engage. Because then it's not like, did Art get my text or did he, is he coming tomorrow? Is he going to serve? Yeah, I got the text. It's like, no, no, no. Engage. I'm doing it to you because you're so the greatest guy ever. Does that make sense? It's like, look, engage. Does that, you, y'all know what I'm saying? Right, respond, right back. Look for ways to be a blessing. Look for the need. Look for where God is moving. Look for the good. Look in the eye. Real awkward experiment, real quick. Just look at someone in the eye, real quick. Just, I mean, stare them down, real quick. If you're married, it's a lot easier. Let me give you three statements as we serve. Three statements as we serve. Three statements as we build a room. Write these down and, and somebody, somebody tweet me or Facebook me or something. Head up. Eyes open, heart engaged. Javen, how do you want me to serve? Head up. So you're not like this. You're not just here. You're not just hearing the drums. You're not just playing the guitar. You're not just singing. I need more of myself. No, no, no. Head up. Eyes open. Heart engaged. Is this okay? I know I'm talking to you like leaders tonight. Is that all right? Like just head up, heart open. So if you're asking someone to be seated, you're an usher. You don't just go, you're just right here. <laughs> Head up. Eyes open. Heart engaged. Hey, how are you doing? I, I'll never forget, you know, back in the day when, like, it was really, like, not, like, people weren't allowed to wear hats in church, you know. And I remember going into a, a church one time. I was, like, 15. Or, no, I was, like, I was probably 18. So this was, I don't know how many years, 16, 18 years ago. 
And an usher walked up to me. I had a cowboy, or a, not a cowboy, I had a baseball hat on. Oh, I said cowboy. I had a baseball hat on. That's like funny to think about me. <laughs> uh, you're like, got to find a new church. Just thought about you in a cowboy hat. So anyway, baseball cap on. And, and an usher walked up to me. And he goes, hey, how are you doing? I was like, oh, man, I'm doing so good. Man, how do you like church? Oh, man, it's going so good. I love this song. We're like just chatting it up, chatting it up. And then like 30 seconds later, he's like, oh, man, all right, well, have a great day. Hey, by the way, can you just take that hat off? We don't allow hats in the sanctuary. And I was like, what just happened, you know? And I took it off. I was like, this is the nicest guy ever. And he could have just walked up and go, there's a sign outside, no hats in the sanctuary. You got to take your hat off. You know what I'm saying? But he just like smoothed. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Hairs everywhere. You know, it's like. And obviously we don't have that rule. We don't, you know, that's, that's kind of old school church. But y'all know what I'm saying. Like there's a way to do it. Hey, can we, can we get you right here? Hey, how can, we, can we, how can we help you? Hey, your kid is biting a teacher. Hey, can we? <laughs> oh, Johnny's so energetic. We just love him. His teeth are so sharp. If we could just. We just love how you file those fangs. I mean, um, you know, like in for security. I mean, I'm just giving you, I'm just, I, w- I want you to hear my heart. I was walking into a, into a church with a backpack and, uh, and, a, and they had people all over the parking lot for this. And we're going to do this as well because it's the day we live in. And a guy walks up to me, hey, bro, welcome to church. Hey, what's up? You know, just kind of saying back, yeah, it's going to be a great day in the house. Yeah, totally. It's going to be awesome. He's like, awesome. Hey, let me see that backpack real quick. And it was like, oh, okay, you know. But he did it so well. He could have easily been the big security guy with the earpiece. You know, hey, sir, I need to check that backpack. I just need it, you know. And it would have just turned somebody off. But instead, he was so engaging. It was like, oh, absolutely. He's like, yeah, man, we're just, we just want to keep everybody safe. And it's like, yes, absolutely. And all of a sudden, I felt safer knowing that I'm going to walk in and everyone's been checked. You know what I'm saying? It was just all head up, eyes open, heart engaged. Uh, number three, number three, verse seven. The Bible said he lifted the man up. Number three, how are we going to build this house? We're going to lift people up. We're going to lift people up. People are getting enough bad news out there. We're not going to be a bad news church. Psalm chapter 3, verse 3. God, you are the glory and the lifter of my head. If that is who God is to me, that is who we will be to our city. If God is the glory and lifter of our head, if God is picking us up, then that means that we should be lifting up and picking up the city. Lifting people. Lifting the eyes of the people off their circumstances onto Jesus. Lifting perspectives. Encouraging the broken. Giving good news. I want us to be known for what we're for, not what we're against. Because if we'll just declare what we're for, that'll settle what we're against. But we don't have to be known for what we're against. We can be known for what we're for. We're known as a city on a hill, a light in darkness, a church that loves everyone, where everyone is welcome, lifting up, never tearing down, picking up, never pulling down, celebrating each other, never 
gossiping. Hello, church. Praising, not complaining. Speaking life and never death. And, and, and I hope you caught this. In order to lift up, let me just see your arm. In order to lift up, you got to touch. So we're not a germaphobe church. I'm, I'm speaking metaphorically. Y'all know what I'm saying? Like, like we're, we're, we're going to be with each other. For, for, for Peter to pick him up, he had to actually touch him. Jesus placed his hands on the leper. Laid his hands on the dead. Was a friend of sinners. Ate with prostitutes. Embraced children. And notice that the man was healed in the embrace. In the look. In the listen. In the encounter. Oh man, I feel Jesus on me right now as I talk about it. I'm not, I, don't, I don't just mean that we're going to hold hands when we pray or, or give each other hugs. Because I'm talking about a spirit of embrace. A spirit of someone just walked in. I want to go say hello because I never want them to feel like they're not welcome. Does that make sense? It's a, it's a, it's a spirit thing, friend. It's a, it's a culture thing. It's a heart thing. Making people feel welcome. Not because it's my job to, but because I, because I want to. Because I get to. Because Jesus did that for me. If he is the glory and lifter of my head, I want to be that for somebody else. Lastly, how are we going to build a house? Number four, Ro, would you, would you mind coming up? Number, number four. The last way we're going to build a house, verse 12. The Bible said, Peter, he saw the opportunity. I don't know if you caught this. He, they pray. The guy gets healed. A crowd forms. By the way, if we become a people of prayer and a people that know how to heal people, a crowd's going to form. But when that crowd forms, what do we say? Peter saw that there was a crowd. So you know what he did? He saw the opportunity, verse 12 tells us. He saw the opportunity. He began to preach Jesus. How are we going to build a house? Number four, we're going to be a Jesus church. Why are we doing all this? We're not just doing everything I just talked about to be nice. (laughs) We're not not doing this to be another social justice organization. Though we need more of those and I'm down. And I want to support those. But the reason we're doing City Light Church is because we're going to preach Jesus. We're building a room with prayer. We're building a room with love. So that crowds will form. Yes, crowds. Big crowds. Don't be, don't be scared of big crowds. I'm just about the one, not the crowd. Okay, super spiritual. But if we're about the one, crowds should form. And when those crowds form. And y'all, there's 2.2 million people in this city. Even if we were a church of 20,000, we wouldn't be... A blimp on the radar. Like, do y'all realize how many people need Christ in this city? Don't get scared when we start talking about church growth and this thing growing. There's, I mean, there's so many people that need Jesus. There's so many people. 
that will die and enter a Christless eternity if we don't reach them. So we're never going to be scared of the crowd. We're going to embrace the crowd, but we're going to see the opportunity of the crowd. We're building a room, a big room. Don't get it twisted. This is just the beginning. Please don't get comfortable. Please don't get comfortable. Please don't come up to me in two years ago. I just remember when we were out there at Rise Church and it was just you and a coosie. And you sound like a crying baby. You know what I'm saying here? I just wish it was small again. Stop it. There's too many people who need Christ. There's just too many people. And if you want small, join a small group. That's how we're going to do it. But, but I want crowds to form, not because I want crowds. I preach to crowds every Sunday. I hope you know. I don't, I'm not doing this because I want a big church because I want a big church because I have an ego. I live in a big city that has big needs. And it needs some big churches to throw out big nets so that we can reap big harvest. It's not about me. It's not about me. Peter went, there's a crowd. And he didn't go, yeah, we got a crowd. Yeah, tweet it. Get a picture. No, no, no. He saw the crowd and the Bible said, seeing the opportunity. He went, y'all are sinners. Read it for yourself. I mean, he preaches like the harshest gospel message. I mean, it's like, whoa, Pete. Too much Red Bull, you know, is like, because Peter saw the opportunity and he went, I've got one chance. I better tell him about Jesus. And listen, crowds are going to grow. Crowds are going to come. But we're not doing it just to get a big crowd. I'm, I'm, I'm never going to buckle under that. We're going to tell people about Jesus. <laughs> so we create a place. And then we offer people the gift of salvation. The message of Christ. The story that can change their story. I want to build a room in this city. And I unashamedly want you to build it with me. I think there's a place for you and I think you fit. So let's do it together. Let's, let's do something in this city. Let's, let's pray and let's love. And I think that prayer and that love will build a crowd and then we're going to give that crowd Jesus. We're going to give that crowd supernatural love. We're going to throw out a big net every week. So we can see a big harvest. Amen. Can you say amen to God's word tonight? Tonight, if you would like to give, let me read you this scripture. This is First Chronicles chapter 29. This scripture has just been burning in my spirit. David addressed the congregation. And uh, he's, he's talking about how his son is going to build a house. Um, but I want you to catch this here. It says, it says we're going to build God a house. We're going to build God a room. Okay. But this is not just a place for people to meet each other. But a house for God to meet us. You know why we're building this room? We're, yeah, there's going to be a lot of great community, I hope. I hope your best friends are right here in the house of God. But it's not just a room for people to meet with each other. 
This is a house where God meets with us. Can you go to the next? Uh, is there more? And then David goes, I've been all in. I've, I've, I've given all my finances to building the house for my God. And he said, I've given all these materials, silver, gold, you know, all this stuff. But I, but I, but I want to get to this part. Furthermore, because my heart is in this. Giving is not about me needing your money or even God needing your money. Giving is about getting God's heart and your heart in this. In addition to and beyond what I've already gathered, David said, my heart is in his house. My heart is in his house. Um, Jesus did not say that your treasure would follow your heart. Did you know that? He didn't say that. You know what Jesus said? He said, your heart will follow your treasure. Did y'all catch that? Here's, here's my point. If you want to love God more and you want to love his house more, <laughs> give to it. And your heart will follow your treasure. But your treasure will never follow your heart. Your heart is a follower. And it's going to follow wherever your treasure is. I've said this jokingly before. I, I, I love my family. I, but I've invested so much. You know, some of you, you love your car. Why? Because you've invested so much into that thing. You love your home. You've invested so much. The way you fall in love with the house of God is you make the investment with tithe and offering. And if, and if you don't, I, I've noticed this in church life for now, however many years I've been in church life. The people who are most critical of the house of God are the ones who never give. And the reason they can criticize the church is because their treasure isn't in it. And because their treasure isn't in it, their heart isn't in it. And so they can just be critical. I've got too much seed in the ground to be critical of the body of Christ. I love the church because I've given my whole life to it. How are we going to build a room, Chabin, in Vegas? We're going to build a room with prayer. We're going to build a room by looking, by listening, by lifting the people. We're going to build a room by preaching Jesus unapologetically and preaching His grace, His power, His love, His resurrection. And we're going to build a room by getting our heart in His house. So, tonight, if you want to give, awesome. If there's other ways to give, can we put those up? We can give by, um, you can give by card, you can give by cash, you can give by check, you can give online. Online is the easiest and uh, many of you, I, the high percentage of you in this room who do give, you give online, and we thank you for that. So there's a lot of ways to give. We encourage you to give. And hey, if you're not, you're, maybe you're here tonight, you're going, man, I'm here for the first time, or I've been kind of coming in, kind of checking it out. If that's the case, keep checking this out. Okay? We're not, I'm not tripping. I'm just giving you an opportunity. Stand to your feet. I want to pray a blessing over you tonight. And if you uh, feel led to give, you can give at the end of service. 
as well as you can fill out that information card if you haven't. Can I pray a blessing over you? Would you, uh, would you mind just lifting up your hands? Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters. I pray for my church family right now. And I just pray you bless every person in this room. And I declare in the name of Jesus, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and be gracious unto you. And may he give you his peace. I declare this is the heritage of the saints that no weapon that's formed against you will prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you in judgment shall be condemned. I I declare that even when the enemy comes at you in one direction, he must flee in seven. I declare you're blessed going in and you're blessed going out. You're blessed in the city and you're blessed in the field. You are blessed in whatever God has blessed. No man can curse. No devil in hell can curse. You are covered by the almighty God. The wings of the almighty cover you and your household. The blood is applied to your doorposts. And the death angel cannot touch you. I command supernatural blessing. I, I speak blessing over every marriage. Over every child in the name of Jesus. I speak to that broken heart right now in the name of the Lord. That God is your healer. Trust him. Trust him again. Trust him again. I declare he is the glory and the lifter of your head. And your head will lift. And you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. In the name of Jesus, you are blessed. Hallelujah. Man, I just feel Jesus here tonight. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We love you. We love you. We love you. In Jesus' name. Oh, come on. Can you say amen? Let's applaud the Lord one more time tonight. He's worthy. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Meeting right here. 7 o'clock. Bring a friend. Bring somebody with you. And we'll see you soon.